Christmas Eve. Happy holidays to all those, regardless of what you celebrate or don't celebrate. This is a very special episode. You know, we dropped earlier this week on Tuesday, but we're going to drop on Sunday just because of the holiday season. Um, it, Well, first of all, this is your host, Prince Abe. I go by many names. Sean. We're here with Sean Lowry. And we don't have Brooklyn Bari, but we do have good news. Brooklyn Bari has now entered fatherhood. Uh, yes, uh an area I have no experience with, but Sean does. So shout out to all the fathers this holiday season. Shout out to Brooklyn Bari. Um and shout out to the missus too as well. Baby J is beautiful. Um, I'm so glad there was no complications. I'm glad everything was really well. It happened this morning. I literally woke up to see a text message from him, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, Barry texted me this morning. He must be like, hey, hey, make sure we recording today. And his pictures, and I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> I was like, oh shit! The baby's here because she's supposed to be born in January, like you know, in another week or two. Um, but hey, you decided to be a December baby. It's fine. It's fine. So, congratulations again. Bari, you know, you're missed on this episode, but you'll be back soon enough. Take this all the time you need. Shout out to you, too. As well yes, sir. Me. Uh, but, yeah, so Merry Christmas Eve. It's Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon whenever you're listening to this. It's just me and Sean Larry. We're just going to talk about some basketball topics, uh, NBA, and we're going to end it on Sean's Spotlight, which is where Sean gets to talk about college hoops, uh, one, of the, one of the more exciting sports for sure in the league. He gets to put you guys up on game. So, well, first of all, Sean, how are you doing? Happy holidays. I'm I'm good, man. I'm I'm, I'm very uh, happy holidays to you, of course. You know, definitely excited for for our brother Jabari entering fatherhood. Um, I had a feeling. I told him too. I had a feeling it was going. She was going to come early. But uh, we got. Jabari, I'm, I'm, about to, uh, I'm about to score sixty. You know. Carry oh boy. <laughs> You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's 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 what I do. So and then yeah, I'm excited about the about Sean Spotlight as well. I haven't did that. For those that know I haven't did in a while since that's the SSAW. So I'm excited to kind of put spotlight on, on a player. But uh yeah, very, that's very it. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah, honestly, Barty, he got he didn't make the team bus. He got left. He got left <laughs> in the city. Um we traveled without him, but he'll be joining us when we return to our homestead. Um but speaking of homestead. Speaking of home stamps, unfortunately, Let, let's get the bad out the way. Let's get the bad out the way. What that means is that, you know, every episode I've been very pleased, very excited to mention my Celtics or to have my Celtics mentioned because for seven episodes, it's been some positive news. Um, unfortunately, now I have to start off with some negativity. And that negativity is the fact that the, at the time of this recording, the Celtics have dropped five of six, including two back-to-back losses to the uh, Magic. One of those losses, well, another two of those losses were those ass-whoopings by Golden State and the Clippers. And then we had a really weird game against the Pacers where, you know, it was 37 to 13, 37 to 11 at the end of the first. Yeah. It was 100 to 85 at the end of the third. But then finally, the Celtics kind of woke up, and we we still lost though. But we lost one seventeen to one twelve. At the end of the third quarter, it was a hundred to eighty five. So <laughs> we reversed the first quarter on them. It just wasn't enough. It's, it's crazy. 
And honestly, you know, it's a regular season. Again, we're we're about, you know, close to 30-game mark, so not even halfway yet. And I'm not going to, as a fan of the Celtics, as a fan of any sports team, I'm not going to really, like, lose my, my mind over losses, especially given where we are. And especially... Especially after last year, because this time last year, Barry, you, I mean Sean, <laughs> Barry, you're missed, you're missed, Barry. <laughs> and also, I feel like if, if Barry he'll, was he'll here, I would, on you. yeah, he, I would have to defend my my Celtics because <laughs> I have, I would have to remind him. You see, Barry, look what you did. I would have to remind him <laughs> that last year, this time we were the 11th seed. Yeah. We were the 11th seed, but by the end of the regular season, we were the third seed. So. A lot can happen, you know. It's the same reason why, when it comes to Warriors, if healthy, I have utmost confidence they can make it to the playoffs. If healthy. But they're not. Whereas the Celtics, they are getting healthier. Rob Williams is coming back. He's not 100% in tune with the offense, but you can already tell the difference he makes. Defensively, just offensively too, with the rebounds, the boards he's been hitting. So, welcome back, Time Lord. Happy to see you. I'm upset that since you've been back, we haven't been able to get those dubs for you. But they'll they'll come in time. Well, well. To be fair though, right? That that Pacer game was very weird. Just because it was. Tatum Tatum wasn't the problem. Tatum, no. what he had like 41 points from like mm-hmm. 13, 25 shooting. He he was still stating his case why he should be MVP, and he's the oh, problem yeah. at least yeah. in my eyes. Um, but like. You guys just overall didn't shoot the ball very well. And on top of that, like, and it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Like, I think you guys was like, what, 32, 34%, something like that from three. But the Pacers shot like 46%. Yeah. And But you guys killed them on the board. You guys, like, literally did everything else. You guys was at the free throw line way more than them. But it was just one of those nights that you guys just wasn't clicking. I, I can see it's one of those slumps, though. You know what I mean? You guys are a good team. I think you guys are just, like, in a little funk. And, and it, it might have been just boredom, to be honest. Absolutely. It's funny enough because Tatum did speak on it. And what he said is that, like, basketball is supposed to be fun. You can It can be competitive be fun. It feels like we're playing too tight. Everybody's trying to force their shot. And their body language is contagious. Because when one of them misses a shot, if you watch, they it, it, their energy drops. And that is something that is contagious. And everybody on the team is feeling that way. Except, you know, even Tatum. Even though Tatum can go off, there are stretches where he just goes cold in his body language. You know, the team loves to complain about calls and whatnot. So I I totally get it. And as a result, you you have your fans. You you know how, how across the spectrum fans can be when it comes to their opinion. So you have some fans saying that uh, Missoula should be fired. Because one of his tactics is he does he won't call a timeout during a bad stretch. You know, if you pay attention to Celtics games during the season, if the Celtics go on a bad stretch, Missoula doesn't call a timeout. He's like, y'all got to figure it out. Early on, it was not really questioned because we were winning games. Now people are starting to question it because we're losing games. But ultimately, look, the philosophy was working. I'm not going to say, oh, Missoula, you got to you gotta change things just because we have a bad stretch. Like, it's, it's been a bad, you know, five, six games, bad week. But still, something has got to change, and, and I think that really starts with the players just focusing. Because, again, uh, when you watch these games, they're missing a lot of wide-open shots. That's the thing. Yeah. 
they're missing a lot of wide open shots. So it's not like, oh, they're getting bad looks or anything. No, they just, it's just not falling for them. Everybody seems to be in a slump for the most part. Uh, but again, yeah, but, you know. But that's weird to me. Like that, well, one, I guess you could speak on that because I have no clue about the Celtic fan, fan base besides their races. Oh, um, screaming. Shout out for Jabari on that one. I had to make sure. Oh, screaming. But, uh, <laughs> but no, but why, one, why would you even want to fire someone when y'all, what, the number one seed in the East? And two, like you said, even I just pointed that out in the Pacer game. Like, you guys was just missing shots. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, you guys are generating, like, to me, Boston is one of the best at generating open shots in the whole NBA. Exactly. So why would you want to let someone go? Because I guess because you feel like, oh, he's not calling timeouts when you want him to, whatever. But like you said, when it was working, nobody complained. Exactly. So I'm just kind of, I'm just like, why? You, you <laughs> know how why. fans be? You know how fickle they can be? You know, they, they, they things go wrong. Everybody starts to complain. You know, on the flip side, I will say, when when every when people are winning, it don't matter what the issues are, right? And nobody cares about the issues as long as you're winning. But when you're losing, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there's glaring issues that must now be addressed. It is what it is. I we play before Christmas Day, um, but we also play on Christmas Day against the Bucks. And for me, I'm I'm very much looking forward to that Christmas Day game. Middleton is back for the Bucks. The Bucks have been, you know. They've been struggling to themselves, honestly. It's not like they've had smooth sailing, but these are the two best teams in the East currently. And uh, we get to see each other at damn near 100% full power, you know, for both sides in terms of at least health. And I, that's a Eastern Conference preview, Eastern Conference final preview, if, if there is any, you know. If it comes down to the ECF, I can see it being – Depending on how the seeding works out, it could be uh, Celtics versus Bucks, or maybe Cavs. Celtics versus Cavs, Bucks versus Cavs. In my opinion, those are three teams that I would feel comfortable. At least two of those three are going to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Yeah. So, well, I'll ask this then. So, uh-huh. like, you don't have no concerns, really, right? You shouldn't, as you no, said. No, no, no. So, I guess my question would be to you then. <laughs> Well, you actually talked about this, but do you have concerns when it comes to the Warriors after that? I know, I know a lot of uh, a lot of the, the key players was out. Clay, I think, was resting. Uh, Wiggins hurt. Um, uh, Curry's out, obviously. But do you have any concern after you know it was a little while ago, but or what a few games ago um, that demolished <laughs> that demolished that happened with Jabari, like Jabari's net smacked the mess out of the Warriors. Well, I, it was 90 to like 51 at halftime. Do you have yeah. concerns with that? And, and salute to you because, right, me, me and Jabari was kind of like, oh, are you sure? Because you, you said, again, it's still early, but you said like, man, I actually had them missing the playoffs because of the injuries, because of the inconsistencies, especially when it comes to Curry because he drives that engine. So yeah. he can still come back. You know, things can look better. But as of right now, you're looking pretty good. Um, so you have concerns with that. <laughs> Look, it's funny because during that stretch, Golden State also smacked the Celtics. <laughs> you know, they smacked the Celtics. <laughs> then they come to the East Coast. But at the same time, we also know that they are very good home team. This season, yeah. they're very good at home team. But they're very poor on the road. And that's even with Curry. 
So that's the issue. You know, at that point, so you're saying that you got to play like about 500 ball. I don't know if 500 ball is going to get you top eight, especially mm-hmm. in the West where everything is tight. So they need to they need to figure out how to win games on the road. And, you know, like you mentioned, their first two games after after smacking us, their their next two games, there might have been a game in between, but their the next uh, couple of games was against the Knicks and against the Nets. And both teams ran rough shot on them. <laughs> The the Knicks were up by almost forty as well on the on the yeah. Warriors. It was yeah. crazy. Everybody, Emmanuel quickly went off. Yeah, he he dropped like twenty two, twenty three points. He was eating the whole bench. Several bench players actually dropped twenty plus on the Warriors. You know, and it's it's for me again. I I like I said, I still stand by my statement. Yes, it's early. Yes, we don't know if there's going to be extended absences because as of right now, Curry does not need surgery. As of right now, Wiggins does not need surgery. That's why they've been resting Wiggins due to a groin injury. They're trying to take their time because they realize if Curry gets surgery, this team does not make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. No. This team does not make the playoffs. If Wiggins gets surgery and Curry's able to come back in a, in a reasonable amount of enough time, I think they are a play-in team. That's what I was just going to say. I was going to say, I feel like, I feel like Wiggins is just as important as Curry in a different yeah, way. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Having um, both their playoff easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. And and for me, what I realize as well, you know, I have to talk about it, man. The the Jordan Poole got his money. I love Jordan Poole's game. Mm-hmm. But he has to be able to adjust, right? Like it's easy yeah. to, to go off and do your thing when the scouting report, you know, oh, we just focus on Curry and Clay. But at some point, which I'm sure that's what the Warriors want, that's why they paid him, right? That's why they drafted the young core too. Like, hey, Jordan Poole, Wiseman, uh, Moody, right? They want these guys Kaminga. to kind of the yeah. next centerpiece, mm-hmm. right? And so they have to show it. And Wiseman, he he went off against the Nets, but before then he wasn't doing much. On top of that, every big pretty much does pretty well against the Nets. So, like, yeah. that doesn't really tell me anything because the Nets' biggest – Weakness is rebounding for the Nets to take the next step. They got to address that at some point, but that's a whole yeah. other discussion. But yeah, like I, I really think that that young core has to buy in defensively. Um, actually, everyone has to buy in defensively, and then they have to be able to adjust, especially Jordan Poole being, especially with all, with what Wiggins, Wiggins not there, Clay not there, Curry's not there. You're the best offensive weapon that they have. Absolutely. So you're going to have to be able to handle when the game plan is focused on you. And I guess my other question real quick, too, is with the defense being so bad, with Draymond being the leader, like the court leader, but not necessarily that defensive anchor that he was, mm-hmm. should they really think about moving him? Or should they just be like, oh, no, you know what? Like, we're healthy. It doesn't matter. We'll keep the court together. Like, what do you think? You know, before the season, we had the incidents between Draymond and Poole. Slept the man. It's a, absolutely slept the man. It had led to a whole discourse, especially amongst the black community, about like, oh, was it a sneak punch? You know, blah, 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 all this, that, and the other, whatever. But we also have to remember that Draymond is waiting on a contract, contract extension, yeah. which hasn't been given yet. We also know that there are rumors that he would actually like to go play with LeBron. 
Oh yeah. That's that's what people are speculating. Play with his father. That'd be nice. I'm screaming. I'm <laughs> screaming. But so it's just look, with the way this season is going, Draymond has been an as integral a piece to the Warriors dynasty as Clay has, as Curry has, as KD has. Um, in my opinion, no Draymond, this team is very different. Yeah, I, I feel like that that shouldn't be argued at all. Even though people feel some type of way about Draymond, they feel what they feel about Draymond. This team is a very different team without Draymond, and they likely don't win as many titles. They likely also don't get KD. Let's let's think about that too. So that being said, Draymond's I, I feel like Draymond's window has closed. So for the Warriors' sake, especially now that you look at this team, like you mentioned, their core is young. They have these young players. They need to focus more time on investing in them. They yeah. need, but at the same time, can you can you do that while still competing during the regular season, or do you have to kind of go into quote unquote tank mode? But it's like well, you got to let the young guys play, and then hopefully we figure it out from there, and we'll be better for the next season when they have more experience. I feel like it's a tricky situation because. Is first of all, when I say this, I'm not comparing the two, so I don't need no one. Oh, you're trying to compare? Like, no, they're they're Draymond's accomplished way more. Um, but I want to compare how it was for me when it came to Patrick Beverly with the Clippers, mm -hmm. right? Of course, we did not win the title again. I, I understand that Draymond's a champion. I'm just saying, as far as a leader, holding us accountable, a lot of times having us believe. The players, having the players really believe that they were in games when they shouldn't have been. That was the Patrick Beverly for us. Now, the Patrick Beverly for the Lakers is a, a bum right now. <laughs> but, um, oh, my but, God. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but for us, like, right, he was a key piece, but he would drive me crazy with stuff he would do at times, right? And um, and he would get injured, too. Draymond doesn't get injured like that. But he has, but not like that. So it when we got rid of Patrick Beverly, I'll be honest, I could feel the difference. The team, like, it was weird figuring out who that leadership is. But as far as production, that wasn't hard to replace. It yeah. was the leadership. So it's almost one of those things, do you rip off the Band-Aid now? Because I personally wouldn't extend them. So do you rip off the Band-Aid now, figure out, okay, man, who's going to step up to really be that leader for us? And again, I'm not saying Curry's not a leader, Clay's not a leader, but they lead in their own way. Yeah. Right. And so to have really that leader, like a veteran leader, like that can really help them, or is one of those things, hey, we'll just kind of make it work, we'll push through, and we'll kind of, you know, lean on, on Steve Kerr to kind of be that that vocal leader for us. Um, that probably the biggest thing, besides obviously, you know, the the history they have together. But that's probably the biggest maybe pause for the organization, I would think, just because they know what he means for that team um, in that locker room. And yeah. obviously he got messed up some, right, when with the punch with Jordan Poole. Yeah, um, yeah. So you could also make that case too, like, hey, yeah, he was he is a great leader for us and it actually did help us win games. But with no Curry, uh, we're still – and even when Curry – right, even when Curry was playing, it's not like there was a number one seed. No. You know, so. They were fighting for their lives still. They were still fighting, right? So it's one of those things. What what do you do? I mean, for me, I would move them. Like, who, yeah, I mean, who wants them? Get, get at least something yeah. rather than nothing. Yeah. But then the question is, given 
Draymond, given the the history of Draymond this year with the Jordan Poole situation, is you know his antics throughout his career, given his age, given his not so flashy stats, but when you use the eye test and actually watch the game, you see his impact. What team would be willing to move for him? Because it would have to be a team that's that's trying to win now, right? You wouldn't yeah. a, a team besides that's, the Lakers. Yeah. And then on top of that, what what do you think that the Warriors can actually ask for him? I, it's not like they can be like, "Yo, yeah, give us yeah. a first rounder or something like that." No, no. You know where do where does the league ultimately comes down? How does the league view Draymond and his work, his value? Do they think that he's a valuable player that's worth maybe a first or second round pick, especially you know a, a close one? You know, and and we'll definitely be getting more into that. In this uh, during this season of basketball with Sean Spotlight, as we talk about college players and you know the upcoming draft class for sure. Yeah. But yeah, honestly, with the trade deadline approaching, Warriors should move Draymond if Wiggins does not come back. As in, Wiggins' groin injury is is more severe than they thought, and they have to shelf him for a while because, as you know, groin injuries ain't nothing to play with. No. Yeah, you you get a groin injury and you aggravated. You, you yeah. We saw LeBron had to deal with the same thing a few seasons ago. Yeah, ended up missing the latter half of the season because of that. That's what the infamous playoff mode activated when Lonzo was still a Laker, and then yeah, and yeah, we saw playoff mode was not activated. Um, he had a groin injury, unfortunately. No, that's that's a serious injury, like you said, and and Wiggins is to me, he is their best de- defensive player. He locked up Tatum (laughs) twice. He is the best defensive player. Now, Draymond is probably their best playmaker, right? Like, he's facilitating the the rock. But, again, the good thing about the Warriors, they they do share the ball. They're not a a selfish team. So, even though it would hurt some, I do think they could adjust. But it just depends. Um, I mean, or they might just feel like, hey, if everyone's healthy, we, we owe it to our fan base to do one last run you know, to, to see what we got. But like that, that reminds me too, right? Cause, um, about, about them being a real threat. So I asked that because I, I think you have the comments or something like that, but being a real threat, because mm-hmm. according to John Morant, I think he feels like they're not a threat. It's funny enough that he said this while we're struggling, right? <laughs> so it's like, oh, well, I don't know if he's been watching games lately. But if, if he has, then clearly he's not concerned as I'm not concerned. So that's great. That's great. You know what? I appreciate you, John Morant, for being on the Celtic side and giving us all that love and respect. I'm not mad at your comments as a result. However, oh, my goodness. It's, it's funny enough, too, because when you look up John Morant on Google, you know, of course, it mentions his, his comments. It also says that he's stoking the flames between the Grizzlies and Warriors. And then it's like, oh, the Heat should be concerned that John Morant says that the East runs to the Celtics. And I'm like, I'm not even sure if the Heat should be <laughs> should be worried about that right now. <laughs> but okay, I guess, you know, not the Bucks should be concerned. It, it, it's okay. All right, that's cool. But so... John Morant was on ESP was talking to Malika Andrews of ESPN and was asked by Malika Andrews 
who do you look at around the league as you're studying and say, we're going we're going to have to run through them? Quite simply, all John Morant said was the Celtics. Malika said, no one in the West. He said, no, nah, I'm fine in the West. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's with the confidence, too. I, you, trust me. Look, everybody listens to her podcast. 2023, you're going to see that we move to a to a visual component as well. When we move to the visual component, trust me, you'll be seeing videos like this all the time in the in the actual uh, podcast. But watching that video, my man's was utmost con- not even like, oh yeah, no, I'm joking. He's like, no, nah, this is business. I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> out. so for me, a appreciate the Celtics love, <laughs> but. I'd be a fool if I say, what about the the Pelicans for one, you know? What about a healthy Warriors squad for another? You know, what about a a Nuggets team? If they can just finally figure out a way to to really utilize Joker's MVP caliber play style that he has been doing consistently for the last three, four seasons. You know, Ja, I'm... so at the time of this recording, Grizzlies are number one in the in the West, but it's not like the Pelicans aren't right there. So, Sean, Sean, you know you've always spoken highly about John Morant. That's that's basically like your son. Yes. yes. <laughs> How do you feel about this his comments? Look, man, like, like I definitely love his confidence. You got know I me, mean? and, and and that's my dog. I'm always gonna root for him, but. It's just one of those things I feel like you better back it up now, right? Mm-hmm. And he's the type to back it up. Yeah. But, you, yeah. but at minimum, you better get to the Western Conference Finals now. Yeah, you have to. Like, you better get to the Western Conference Finals now. Because you talking that, and I just hope, because like, for example, like you said, Denver. I like Denver's team a lot, especially uh, uh, the young kid. What's it called? Bones. Yes, yes, yes. Ah. Bones Highland, yeah. Yes, Bones Highland. Thank you. He, man, and he's such a good defender, too. But I like mm-hmm. him a lot. Um, so I think that's another element that's going to be a factor. Uh, obviously, the Pelicans, I, I like them a lot. I like how they can they can make, honestly, they can make John Morant's life miserable. Um, they have wings to do that. They have they can be able to switch. Same with my Clippers if they're healthy, right? My Clippers. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Because exactly. actually, my the team that I don't want to see, and I said it last year, um, if they were healthy, and it just happened where they they we lost to them, but was the the Pelicans? They're just mm-hmm. what now. I still think my Clippers can beat them as long as everyone's healthy, but yeah. they're just a matchup nightmare as well. Um, the but it's use, just one of those the things. Energy, where, yeah. yes, yes. I I just look at it like why? Why would you why why would you say it, man? Like, and that's the thing too, right? It's one of those things where it, it almost went from. Which I appreciate, but almost went from John Moran from being an underdog, which he was for a long time, mm-hmm. to now being like the guy, the front runner, right? Like, yeah. Like, so you put that target on your back. So you can't, you and the Memphis Grizzlies can't use the notion nobody believes in us. We shouldn't be here. Like, that's their whole thing, but you can't use that anymore, especially when you're saying, hey, we're the number one team in the West. There's literally no one else as a threat besides the Celtics, who is, um, a finals favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hold on. So, so that's just the thing. And, and, but from his point, right, from his point of view, and I'm sure he truly believes it's like, hey, we should have beat the Warriors, right? 
Like, mm-hmm. if I wasn't hurt, we would have beat them, as he should believe that. Now, do I think they would have beat him? No. Um, but I understand why he believes that. So I think that that plays a part in his mindset. But, man, when... when, when you know when, the, uh, the other funny thing is, too, actually? Currently, I went to go look at the stands. At the moment, the Grizzlies are tied for first with the Nuggets, with the Nuggets having the tiebreaker. But also the interesting thing, because of what he said, he said he's not worried about the West. So what would you venture? They're 19 and 11. What would you venture their conference record is? Um, I'm, well, he's talking like that. I'm assuming they must be doing pretty well then. Okay. So the Nuggets, who are also 19 and 11, are 15 and 7 in the conference. Jeez, okay. The Grizzlies, who are 19 and 11, are 8 and 8. Mm. So it's like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Look, look, John Moran might look at it like, though, look, I was hurt. Bane was hurt, right? So Bane has been out for about a month. So that might be John Moran's thinking. But at the same time, right, I've said this already. What my, my Clippers currently at this time, they, what, Kawhi's played now, I think, nine games out of like yeah. 34 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Only mm-hmm. played nine games. And we are only two games behind. No, actually, I think it's 1.5 or something like that. I got yeah, that. you're one and a half games behind. Yeah, one and seat. a half games behind the first seat. So the West, nobody's taken off on the West. Mm-mm. So the fact that he says that is hilarious to me because as quick as they are right now on the, the one seat, the West is so tight that you could easily be in the sixth, fifth seat. Mm-hmm. So, no, you know, no. I, I mean, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe he's just excited because – He's, I don't know. I don't know. He got that new shoe deal, so, no. But even on top of that, you know, when you mentioned, like, oh, maybe his mindset is I've been injured, it's like, but last year, weren't the Grizzlies, like, undefeated when he was injured? Yes. During the regular season? So it's like. Yeah, they they had a ridiculous record, yeah. uh, (laughs) You know, of course, it was last year. I'm not going to say that it it automatically translates, but clearly this team is capable of competing without their star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Ja, look. I'm a fan of you. I love the conference. Shout out to you for showing love to the Celtics, but uh, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Yeah. yeah Ultimately, I, I, and the, well, to be fair to him too, right? There was a lot of conversations about him even being MVP. That's true. That's true. That's you true. Know. Which coincides with your with your whole uh, reasoning of they cannot sit here and say they're the underdog. You are not an underdog if you're if you in your young career are now an MVP topic. Yeah. You know, if you in your young career is cap is being captain to a team that's a top three seed, you're yeah. no longer underdogs. You know, you can still go with that grind city mentality. Like, you know, we get it out the mud. We're blue collar and all that stuff. No problem. But no, no, definitely not. No underdog. That's out the window. No. And again, the fact that you can say that when the Pelicans are just as young as them, which means that we will be seeing a lot of Pelicans versus Grizzlies. Yes. It's, it's crazy. But uh, and again, you know? again, I'm I'm rooting because that's my dog. I'm rooting for him, so I hope he gets to the Western Conference Finals, and he loses to my Clippers. But he's my dog. So so okay. So then I'm, I'm I'm gonna ask this question. You know, as a fan, clearly, you know, your hope is that you guys make it to the Western Conference Finals and make yeah. the finals eventually. If it was Clippers versus Pelicans, you already said that healthy, healthy, you feel like you could win, but you're still worried about them. Yes. Does that series go seven, Clippers-Pelicans? Or is it more of like, you know, it's a tough contestant, maybe 
five, six game series. I'm going to say six, and the only reason why I say six is because that's something that, besides C.J. McCollum, none of those other guys have experienced that type of basketball. It's a different type of level. Only Valenciunas, but it's like, uh, you know, he was with Toronto. You know, Toronto didn't really do much when he was there anyway. It wasn't until Kawhi actually arrived (laughs) that Toronto really got to. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say that. Like, right, so the thing that Memphis has, too, right, they, they experience really making a run for mm-hmm. the injuries. So they do have that, you know what I mean? Like, it's always, and basketball is always like a, a, a progression, you know, yeah, before yeah. you make the leap for the most part. So, like, for example, like, last year the Mavs made it, but you could make a strong case that they was they just actually just jumped a couple steps. Right? Yeah. So they finally made out the first round, and then they played the Suns, who, I mean, <laughs> Luca be licking his lips yeah, while he's right, seeing right. the Suns on the schedule. Right. So like before then though, like like Luca would see the Clippers playing the first round, like damn, okay, this is gonna be a tough one. Like you know, and again, it's been a battle, but we've been making him work. He went to the Suns, it was like, oh, this is barbecue chicken. So I think like he like that team kind of advanced more or or did more than what they expected. But for the most part. In the NBA, it's always like a progression. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't think that type of level of basketball, I don't know if they are ready for that yet. And again, mm-hmm. maybe they could prove me wrong. I'm sure Pelican fans hope that I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be a tough matchup. I don't want to see them. But them, who's another one that I don't want to see really? Denver, too. Denver's another one that they give us problems. Joe kick, I mean, he gives everyone problems, but yeah. he's gracious. Like, just, and that's a team that knows how to fight with its back on the wall because during that, uh, uh, was it in the bubble or was it after the bubble when they had back to back seven game series where they had to come back and fight um, to force it seven? Because you know what, there was a couple of times they did that. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because, yeah. Um, even the year that what was it? What was that year? That was the year that they beat. Um, oh no, no, the year that they came back and they lost to Portland. You remember that mm-hmm. years ago? Yeah, 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 Portland, yeah. Portland went to the Western Conference Finals, even though they Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember they came back fighting back. So, regardless, though, like you said, that that team fights. And, and, and a healthy Jamal Murray, which is always great for the NBA. Mm-hmm. Him mm-hmm. healthy. Because um, he's a gamer, man. And, and he yeah. plays big, especially in the fourth. So, what's his name? Uh, Porter Jr., he doesn't really worry me as much. I mean, he needs to be able to suit up consistently, you know? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't worry me as much. I mean, he's allergic to playing any type of defense, so I, mm-hmm. I don't worry about him at all. But Murray and Jokic always. Aaron Gordon has been providing, you know. He has, you know, and and he has been been showing out a little bit. So I will mm-hmm. give him some love because before I was like, "What are you doing? Like, you're not doing." <laughs> so I am glad he is trying to show up some. Um, and then like I said, Bones is is another dude that yeah, I, I like his game a lot. And, yeah. and he's for sure going to be a handful too. I think. I think. I think people are going to really start paying attention to him in the playoffs. I think he's going to have some moments in that. But real quick too, while we was talking about John Morant too, I just wanted to ask you because I, I, well, I guess I, I should vent. Like John Morant, you my dog. I, I love your game. I'm happy you got a shoe deal. But why did you? Because you had to okay this. Why did you okay that logo? Cause that logo, that logo looks very similar to Kobe's logo. Mm-hmm. Like 
Nike, Nike, you looking very lazy right now. Like, what's what's going on? So I, I, but I just wanted real quick, just like, what what did you think of when you first saw it? Because I saw it, and I'm like, bro, well, actually, I'll be honest, I had two thoughts. When I first heard it, I was like, okay, so you replace Kyrie, and then you just get John Morant, and then I saw the logo, and I said, okay, did you guys just hurry up and just try to push something out because you lost Kyrie, so you're trying to keep the momentum or what what's going on? Even I think I even saw a photo like online. Where it was like Kyrie walking out and John Morant like jumping up in the air for a dunk or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I hate, I hate the logo. I'll be honest. But what, what was your thoughts? So when I first saw, you know, it was quickly at a glance. I was just scrolling and I was like, did they, did they change Kobe's logo? Like, did they just flip it over? Because that's that's what it looked like. It looked like it's inverted. And then I saw like, oh, okay. Yeah, but the fact that my first thought is Kobe's logo is kind of Nike being hella lazy, <laughs> hella lazy with this John. Because what? Again, excited, excited for John Morant. He deserves it. You know, I hope his shoes take off. I definitely would love to cop me a pair, especially if he has like a purple colorway or oh my son colorway in some way. Three pairs, I already know. Uh, right, but it's like, damn, is that is that the logo you you accepted? Like, did you ha- did you have a say? Did they force you? What's going on? Because <laughs> I feel like you could have done. He could have done better. I feel like they could have been more designed something that will stand out and be like, "That's Josh. That's Josh signature shoe." Because you look yeah. at Kobe's logo, you look at Kyrie's logo, you look at Bronze. You can tell. You can tell. You'd be like, "Mm-hmm. I know whose logo that is." Yeah. With Josh, if my first thought is like, "Wait, is that Kobe's?" and I got a double take, I you're now you're constantly in the shadow. Yeah. When it comes to the shoe, now people are like, oh, okay, so how do you compare to Kobe's shoe? Are you as comfortable as Kobe's shoe? Yeah. Because we know that for from Hoopers, and I'm not a Hooper. That's no, that's not that's not my sword. I'm a fan. But Hoopers always say that Kobe's and Kyrie's have Kyrie's, some of the most yeah. comfortable hooping shoes. Yeah, that's what I'm curious about, because you basically replaced him with Kyrie. So like is the shoe gonna be similar? Because Kyrie's shoes is amazing. I actually have a pair of Kyrie's and I love them. Yeah, I really do love them. They are comfy. So, we'll we'll see. I mean, Ja, look, congratulations. Um, we admire the confidence, but uh, <laughs> we'll see how things work out. I guess yeah. <laughs> we'll see how things work out. Um, that being said, you know, as we as we start to wind down, we do want to. You know, we started off with negativity about my Celtics, then we went into some more positive, fun-loving stuff. Now, let's talk about the lack of Christmas cheer around this time, <laughs> around the league. And we have several players to to take note of. And we'll just, we'll just name the players for everybody. And you guys can already think what we're going to say, but we got DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. We have Trey Young in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. We have Zach Levine in Chicago. Yeah. And allegedly, we have Luca and Jason Kidd mm-hmm. in Dallas. So, so where do you want to start? Off? Who do you want to start off with? Well, let's let's because that's the new one, right? That's the new one. Let's mm-hmm. start off with with Luca, right? Okay. Let's start off with Luca. So, a lot of y'all might not even heard this, right? So, um, in case y'all didn't know, I am in Texas, so I kind of get to to hear certain things. Um, so let me make sure I give credit where credit is due. Um. Radio station, the Steakhouse on ninety two point nine. Um, they've been saying right that 
Christian Wood, who I was not a fan of as far as the addition. It really made no sense to me. It didn't really move me at all. Um, but they're saying that Jason Kidd and Luca are not a fan of his game. And to the point where there's many times that you can see Luca actually yelling at Wood, like getting pissed off, getting frustrated with him. But um, the thing, at least out here now, is starting to, people are starting to wonder, and this is a fair question because I've thought the same is, does Luca really want to play with like another really great player, right? Like, or is it one of those things where he just kind of wants to be the show? Um, so they were they talked about that, and they also actually mentioned the fact with I mean, if you guys see Mav games, I'm I'm sure you noticed it as well. The slow pace, right? Like he refuses to speed up the game at times. Um, and that could be because because he's not in shape most of the time. But <laughs> yeah, he's still able to drop forty on people's heads. Yeah, that's the crazy still, thing. You know what I mean? Like that's just what it is. But you know, it can make obviously right in two thousand and and twenty two, right about to be two thousand twenty three. The NBA is played at a much faster pace. So, like, and I have caught myself at least saying like at times like, why don't the Mavericks play faster? And I don't think it's due to a lack of the Mavericks. I think it's more so that's what Luca wants. And that might have even been what some Rick Carlisle probably was frustrated about. Because remember, they and and he loves Luca. He never talks bad about him. But it has been reported in the past, right, that him and Luca would bump heads, mm-hmm. and it could be because of the style of play. So, um, that doesn't necessarily surprise me. And like I think I talked about this one of the other podcasts is I feel like Luca's still at that stage where he wants to get the accolades, right? Like if he wins, great, but he wants to get the accolades right now. And then as he gets those things, then it's going to be, okay, what do I need to do to win? Who do I need to play with? I don't care. Yeah, cool. But right now, I think he's comfortable as, hey, you know what? Everything goes through me. I get my 30, 10, and 10. Like, we should win that way. Oh, we don't? Dang. Okay, you know what? It's probably because maybe, you know, I don't know. Y'all y'all didn't make it when I did give you the ball or whatever the case is. So I think he's still at that stage where he's he's he is a proven player, obviously. but accolade wise right there's still a lot mm-hmm. you can get from that so that's my thought on that um what do you think because you know i i told you you know earlier about it and so you know i know you were surprised by it but what what was your thoughts or what do you think about the move so i was surprised because when after you uh you told me i was doing research and um one of the articles that you know from clutch points that was actually uh done at 12 a.m. this morning was uh, Luka Doncic. The title is Luka Doncic, Math Fans Will Love Jason Kidd's Christian Wood Plan. And I didn't realize that until their recent loss, their recent win versus the Timberwolves, that that was the first time that Christian Wood actually started a game not because of an injury to someone else. Now, mind you, we're 30 games into the season. This is their biggest, you know, off-season acquisition, and he's been yeah. coming off the bench. Mind you, he's been hurt too, but he's been coming off the bench. He he finally got his first official start without like, oh, you know, he started two games when Dwight Powell was out. Dwight Powell is back, but Kidd has decided to still start Wood. And at least offensively, according to, you know, some Mavs analysts, is that it helps relieve pressure off of Luke. 
But when you said that, it also made me think about, okay, we look at Luca's career in Dallas, and we remember names like KP. We remember names like Dennis Smith Jr. And initially when those players left in 2019, what was it that was said? Christos was very frustrated, saying, like, you know, he wanted to be the focal point. Or yeah. he wanted more, more, more attention, you know, yeah. more involvement. Dennis Smith Jr. has said that Rick Carlisle fostered a toxic environment, which wasn't Luca's fault, but Rick was just so in love with Luca that he was catering everything to him. Yeah. And it, it caused players to be like, mm, you know what? Like, I don't fuck with Luca. You know, Luca's like the teacher's pet kind of deal. Yeah, and Luca himself allegedly didn't even want that. So, you know, in 2019, I was like, all right, I put the blame on Rick Carla. Yeah, but now in 2022, we have Jason Kidd, and there's allegedly, you know, disgruntlement with Christian Woods. So at the end of the day, what's the common denominator in those two situations? Luca. It would be Luca, right? Yeah. But then here's the thing. So as I was doing more research, now this year, both. Earlier in the summer, before the season started, Dennis Smith Jr. actually said he would love to get another shot with Dallas when Jalen Brunson uh, went to the Knicks, you know, because it was like, all right, you lost Jalen Brunson, who balled out during the playoffs for them. He's going to be your starting point guard. People thought that Goran Dragic might be brought over because Goran Dragic and Luka had that relationship, both being Slovenian. Um, Dennis Smith Jr., said himself, like, you know, I, I would love to get another shot. They, I know what they need. They need athleticism. They need someone who can get to the basket. And you already know what I can do defensively. Yeah. So then that tells me, okay, so DSJ, well, he never had issues with Luca to begin with. Apparently him and Luca are boys. Like, they are close. Okay. They always talk to each other all the time. So it's like, all right, that one definitely Rick Carlisle's fault then. Mm. But then even Kristaps has come out recently, as as of two weeks ago, just saying, you know, ultimately wasn't the right fit for Luca. Not like, oh, you know, it was Luca. I hate Luca or anything, or Luca is this, Luca that. It's just, I I acknowledge I just wasn't the right fit. So then I'm like, okay, so is Luca's not the issue? It's more so, is it the system? Is That's- it the lack of free agents that? Dallas can pull like we had mentioned a few episodes ago. You know, it it's always seems like Dallas has to kind of struggle, has to fight to compete because they're not going to get the big names. But so, I think it is like the system. It, it reminds me again, I, I said this before with um um Luca, I think I'm pretty sure I said it before with Luca and James Harden, right? Like James Harden was the system with the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Um because if you really think about it, even when James Harden, when he's with the Rockets, Dwight Howard, obviously, again, Dwight Howard, obviously, more uh, accomplished than uh, Porzingis. But, um, you know, Dwight, it wasn't good fit for him, whatever. When James Harden did get help, the people that did pretty well wasn't bigs besides bigs that just caught, was able to catch lobs and rebound, right? Um mm-hmm. Because Chris Paul did pretty well, obviously. Westbrook did pretty well. And it's similar with that with Luka, where it's like, oh, another guard, right? Bronson um, did pretty well. Um, Well, just Bronson, honestly, that really flourished. But with the bigs, it might be one of those things, too, because everything goes through Luka. It's almost better if you do play with him as a guard. So it's almost if you got him another 
quote-unquote superstar guard instead of a big. Angus got you bigs that was just going to basically do all the dirty work. What they mm-hmm. have, they have similar to that now. Because um, that's what it kind of seems like, because I think that's where the frustration comes from. Because, right, if you're a guard, maybe, okay, there's times where I'm going to bring up the ball. I mean, you, you're going to give back to Luca, of course, but, but you'll give back the ball and things like that where, especially now in, today, in today's um, NBA, there's not even that many bigs, if you think about it, that really do, that really dominate anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you can't tell another big that they feel like they can. You know, Perzingis feels like he should be involved. Wood feels like I'm sure he should be involved. Um, whoever, like, there's some bigs out there that feel like, I mean, Bam, even though I'm not big on Bam as others, uh, for Miami, he feels like he should be involved. So, you know, it's one of those things I think he is the system. And that's why I said I think it's one of those things until he gets those accolades, then they're probably going to start changing their gameplay. Because look at James Harden. James Harden didn't really change up his game until he kept losing. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, okay, I got the MVPs. Okay, I got my money. Dang. But I keep doing the same thing and nothing's occurring. Now, I don't think Luka is a bad person. I don't think James, uh, Jason Kidd. I don't even think Wood is. Like, Wood is who he is. So if they, I don't know if this is the case, but if they expected him to be someone else, that's on them. Cause, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you should have been watching the tape. If you thought he was going to be someone different, like, you're silly for that. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what I think as far as that goes. Yeah. So, ultimately, you know, that's that's a Luca situation. Um, and comparison with the others, you know, we, we spoke, again, we spoke about the Dallas Mavericks a couple episodes ago, maybe what they could do. And it's tough when they can't attract free agents like that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, we're going to go over to the East then. Since that's where uh, a majority of the problems seem to be <laughs> allegedly, there's, hey, hey, there's hey, less. Hey, about Aiden? Let's chill. Okay, we well, yeah, let's stay in the West. Let's stay in the West. I almost forgot about Aiden. So it's been well documented. It's been well documented that Aiden has been unhappy in Phoenix for a while now. We remember during the off season, he was holding out, saying, "I'm not going to training camp. You know, I I want to get paid. I want my money, et cetera, et cetera. I I deserve it." And this season has been a quite, I won't say up, it, to say it would be an up and down season for the Suns, it's kind of like a little too over-exaggerated. I mean, there's there's eight, they're 19 and 13. You know, they're currently the fourth seed. They're not doing bad. They're 16 and eight in the conference. They're 14 and four at home. So it's not like, oh, they're the Warriors or anything that are struggling and fighting to be 500. But their losses have been bad. Yeah. Like, how many times have they been blown out? Blown out by the Pelicans. Blown out by the Celtics. Blown out by at least everybody once in the West, right? It's it's crazy. But that being said, twice so far this season, Aiton and Monty Williams have gotten into heated arguments, with the most recent one being, I believe, last night was when they played? Or Um. two nights ago? Yeah, it was it was against the Wizards, against the Wizards yeah. on on Tuesday of this week. Yeah, when we yeah. released our and they lost to the Wizards, which is ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the the Wizards have been speaking like of they KP. Lost like ten in a row before them. Something. Yeah, speaking of KP, you know, KP out there, <laughs> Kuzma out there, you know, they're doing their thing. They were on the losing streak, as you mentioned, but they finally got a win in. The Suns' losses have been bad. 
So now I, I, you know, unhappy players, arguments between players and coaches is common in any sport. Yeah. There's never a time where it's like, oh, every player gets along with every coach. It's going to be a disagreement. It's heat at the moment. It happens. But in regards to Aiton and the history of this, of not even this whole year, of the last six months, in addition to at least two altercations this season between Monty Williams and Aiton really getting into a heated discussion, what is Aiton's future in Phoenix? Like that, I mean, it should they trade him? I guess that's the question, right? Like at the end of the day, I'm sure he would be happy with it, but should they trade? Like, would that hurt their team if they did trade him? Because he you is know the, a productive player, huh? Yeah, you know the funny thing is, is that apparently uh, uh Dallas Mavs websites are saying that maybe the Mavs should try to trade for eight. I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I don't even, I don't even know if that would even happen. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, no, I don't yeah, think I don't so. Think, I don't, especially, I don't even think they would want him in the West because they're not trying to deal with him. Um, yeah, I mean the Suns got destroyed with the Mavs with Aiden. They don't want to help the Mavs. <laughs> yeah, no. So I I don't see that happening, but um, it's it's like the Suns, man. They've been making like you said, like they're they're doing pretty decent this year, and I feel like we've talked about the Suns for everything besides basketball, right? Yeah. Um, Booker, you know, whatever it was, I can't remember. I think like whatever they be doing, acting fake, tough. You know, a lot a lot of the players kind of like like kind of getting annoyed with them, kind of going at them, right? Basically. Patrick Beverly pushing players, nobody's doing nothing, right? Um, mm-hmm. Chris Paul with, with Kim Kardashian. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Oh, Lord. Right? Like, oh, Lord. I, I, I'm just you, saying, right? Like, you had made a comment about that a few episodes ago, and I thought you was going to leave it. Here you go, bringing no, it back. Look, oh, look, Lord. Look, look, but I'm, I'm serious, though. Look, like, I'm just saying all these other things outside of basketball, right? That's mm-hmm. what I mean, like. Aiden and, and the coach, like, it's just constantly something always outside of basketball. Yeah. And I feel like, because Aiden, of course, he got his money. Like, at the end of the day, I'm not going to complain either. Give me millions. Sure. Like, I can't stand y'all, but I'm going to deal with it. So it's one of those things, though, that was it resolved? So did you just pay him so you can move him? Which could have been the plan, right? I pay him. We'll try to play nice. And then, you know, we'll try to look to see who what we can get for him. Like, that's perfectly fine. But at the same time, like, if I'm an organization, I'll be like, uh, I'm going to just wait till it gets so toxic that you're just going to, like, basically give me for, get you know what I mean? Like, you're going to lower your price. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with this. So as far as Aiden goes and the coach, like, this has been an ongoing. Oh, and the owner, right? Let's yes, they start. are about to be a new, uh, right? acquire like, a new owner. They found out their owner was racist and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, misogynistic, homophobic, all that jazz. But that's what I'm saying, right? So it's constantly, like, even though, like, again, I I know I brought the Chris Paul thing, but I was just bringing everything, like, again, it's constantly something else Mm -hmm. happening during, when we're not, we're not focused on the court, we're focused on everything else, and that's why I'm not on, I'm not as high on the Suns as some others might be. Mm -hmm. Um, On top of that, Chris Paul, that's not even talking about how he's looking, starting to look his age now as well. So, you know, it's just, it's just, man, would Aiden know if, if I'm the Suns, I mean, I would try to at least make it work for this season and figure it out in the off season. Yeah. 
that's what I would do. Because I'm like, okay, you know what? We, we what, two years ago made it to the finals. Let's try to see we can if we can, you know, get lightning in the bottle again. Let's see if we can get healthy. You know, let's let's really try to buy in. Hey, Aiden, can you? I know, <laughs> I know because it, like I'm thinking about it because they supposedly was going to do right by him, and then they didn't. So that's why he mm-hmm. was annoyed too. But I guess you could try that again. Hey, we'll do right by you. Let's try to let's try to really make this run, and then the off season, let's figure it out. Let's see what's what's the best situation for you. It could be here. And if it's really not here, then okay, let's try to figure out what team, you know what I mean? Because in the offseason, too, it gives people, uh, it gives teams, I mean, more time to figure out what assets they're willing to give up and, and what they're not. Yeah. So, you know, um, we remember during the offseason, originally Aiton had agreed to sign with Indiana, Thanks. with the Pacers, yup, but Phoenix did match. And he is eligible to be traded. January 15th next year. So basically okay. in like three weeks. But he also has a one-year no-trade clause. So wow. Aiton can block a trade for a year if wow. he wants to. Okay, so then basically, see, I wish he did it longer then because basically well, all they have to do is literally wait until the offseason. Basically. Yeah, basically wait until the wait enough. Yeah, honestly, yeah. that's literally all they have to do. Wait till the off season, and they'd be like, "Yeah, screw you, you're going to the Wizards." Like, wait, what? Well, no, no. What it, they would have to, it wouldn't be until the off season of 2024, 2025. Oh, 2024. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Because okay. if they tried to trade him now, it would be he could say no, and then they would have to wait until next January to do it. Got you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they have to literally wait. Okay. I thought they was able to move him this off season, but you're yeah, saying uh, they really have to wait until. Okay. Yeah. If he if he blocks it, if he decides to block a a trade, yeah, it it'll only be upheld for a year. So okay. once he uses it, it'll last a year, and then after that, he loses his no trade clause, and they can trade him whenever. So then, yeah. Whoever. Either a if Aiden really wanted to go, he would have to make life very miserable for them. Mm-hmm. Um. To Which he tried. Life. Which he tried. Yeah. yeah. During offseason, he did try. I mean, he got to try a little bit harder then. Yeah, he go try. He, he going to have to maybe hit up Le'Veon Bell or, or somebody. And me not being, the, me not, you know, being the biggest fan of Phoenix, I, I'll gladly open <laughs> that with open arms. So, all right, now we're going to go to East. And we're going to talk about, well, we're good, Zach Levine is a very quick one because there's still – more development um, surrounding that. But Zach Levine of the Chicago Bulls allegedly wants to go to L.A., according to anonymous rival executives, um, as well as allegedly Levine and DeRozan are not seen eye to eye. So, look, last episode we talked about our top eight, and it was you especially, all three of us, but you especially wrote off the book. Said no, there's there's no chance. What happens to the Bulls now? Do should they or would they trade either Demar or Levine or trade both? Because at this point, no Lonzo. Lonzo is not playing this year at all. We don't honestly. We don't know if he'll ever be back to playing healthy basketball because he can't stay healthy. Yeah, which is crazy. I blame the Lakers for that because he was healthy before he went with them. But um, 
Um, as far as well, as far as the rumors with the Lakers, I mean, they always say everybody wants to be a Laker. So that's I don't true. Know that's true. If that's true or not, he did play for UCLA. Um, so I guess that's possible. Um, but as far as should they trade, you know, DeRozan or or Zach Levine, it's one of those things because I look at it like this: like if you if you trade DeRozan, you're for sure rebuilding, like mm-hmm. for sure, because he's their best player. So, and if you trade Zach Levine, you're basically, or I'm sorry, if you uh, trade DeRozan and keep Zach Levine, you're trying to build with him again? Like, we just did that. Which, yeah, exactly. That's the reason you brought in DeRozan and you you shipped off Lowry. (laughs) Yeah. You just did that. You, You paid, you know, you paid Zach Levine all that money. And then if you trade Zach Levine, um, I mean, I guess there is a chance that you can because you can maybe get some assets where you can still sell. Hey, we're in win mode now, especially if you have DeRozan. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could probably do that. I mean, you'll probably get more for Zach Levine too because he's younger. Yeah. Um, but I've said this before: Zach Levine's a great player. I just don't think he is a starter on a championship team. I've been saying that. I think he's a he's an amazing player, but it's just I look at those intangibles. Like, I'm not looking at skill, intangibles. So that's how I've always felt when it came to Zach Levine. But honestly, it, I, the way they're playing right now, you might as well just blow it all up. Yeah. Well, blow it all up because, like, you had one good year, and now you're in the basement again. Yeah, so, I, I don't even know what to make of the Bulls. I, <laughs> that's, like, that's why I'm like, do you? I mean, you could, right? You could just be like, hey, it's just a bad year. And we could try to run it back next year. You could. I mean, DeRozan's going to be older. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going to happen with Lonzo, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Levine, he is who he is. I don't think, like, again, I don't see him all of a sudden turn into, you know, a top five shooting guard. That's just yeah. my personal thing. Um, Even but, though he was looking like he could have been that last year, he, could, he, he yeah. was in MVP considerations. Like, all right, well, oh, was he? I thought it was DeRozan. Both. Both. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because at least when I watched, especially fans were debating it too. Because they were like, "Well, you know, they're both eating, but you know, who deserves it more?" To and it was leaning towards DeRozan, but I do remember that people like Levine is an MVP. Oh, okay. Well, shoot, I, mean, I, I didn't even know because I mean Zach Levine did his thing last year, but mm-hmm. DeRozan, like DeRozan, was a huge factor and a huge reason yeah. why they succeeded. Mm-hmm. I was looking at it like, "Oh, damn!" Like, okay. Um. DeRozan clearly was the best player, and Zach Levine was like he didn't stand out to me basically when I would watch it. When I, I didn't watch every game, but when I watched some of those games, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, for me, I say it. You either you really have no choice. You either go on, run it back and, and and just see what happens next year because, like I said, I I truly believe they're cooked this year, or you just rebuild again. And I'm in the mindset you might as well just rebuild again because. Zoe is not going to be the same. DeRozan is going to be older. Like I said, Zach Levine is who he is. So it's just that organization, man, like ownership. I know Bulls fans get frustrated with their ownership too. I feel it's like- crazy <laughs> historically how the Bulls went from being an iconic team with Jordan to, to falling off, but then being relevant again with D-Rose to now just like, yo, what? What is this? It's weird though, isn't it? It's like it's like not a sustainable success that they have. It's not. Like it's weird. Like they'll have like you know 
two, three years. I mean, with Rose, it might have been a little bit longer, like four or five, something like that. Mm-hmm. And but again, Rose. Now again, you can't you can't predict injuries. But mm-hmm. you know, you're thinking like, oh yeah, they're gonna be in the long haul, and then no, just yeah. You know, it's weird, man. They had, I mean, and they've had good players, right? They have, like Derrick Rose, Jimmy Butler, um, what now? DeRozan, Zach Levine's a solid player too. Like, it's just crazy, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. But as far as the the rumors, I mean, we'll we'll wait to to get closer to trade trade deadline to see if it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as with with the Lakers, anyone that has visit LA. Will be in rumors with the Lakers, so that's true. And yeah, <laughs> so, if you have ties like he does to UCLA, as you mentioned, then, yeah, yeah, automatically it's going to be oh, it's Laker. Yeah. Um. Funny enough, uh, there is some rumors floating around like should the Raptors trade swap OG and Anobi with Levine, and I'm like, hey, quick, quick thought. Well, if that trade were to happen, who wins that trade? Let's say if it was just straight up, I'm pretty sure maybe the math wouldn't work. They have to add some, but if a trade was to involve with those two being swapped, who wins that trade between the Raptors and the Bulls? Because I like OG. Mm-hmm. That is a good question. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say the Bulls. I'm going to say the Bulls. And the Bulls fans are going to get mad at me, but that's fine. Because I know they love Zach Levine. I'm going to say Bulls. Who, do you, who, who would you say wins that? I I I'm not high on the Raptors. You know that they're not even in my top eight. That's remember, true. they're not in my top eight. So I don't. Uh, it, it basically that as well, a result that means them score, it'll help them scoring, right? But then that means I stand with you in the sense of a championship caliber team. Zach Levine's not the starter. I mean, yeah. As, it the Raptors are supposed to be Pascal Siakam's team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's OG and Anobi who's been like. More of the highlight, yeah. has he not? Yeah. Okay. So now you're getting rid of the more consistent player for Zach Levine, who you know, like you mentioned, Zach Levine is going to do his thing, but I don't, I don't see it making making them, you know, like oh shit, now now the Raptors are about to be a top, you know, top sixteen, they, they or they're going to be a top eight. I don't see it. But at the same time, OG on the Bulls, like very talented. Hard worker can can do a little bit of everything. The, the Bulls are a big mess that one piece will not solve. It, it will. It won't. But I'm the reason why I say I will pick the Bulls to win that trade is because I feel like OG is still scratching the surface. Like he could still get. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He every that's the thing that we can speak about OG is that every year he has constantly begun to improve his yeah. game and become more and more of a threat. And he's still young. Yeah, he's still young. So, Zach Levine is too. Zach Levine is too, but yeah, he, yeah. Is, he is to me. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're going to stay in the East before we get to Sean's spotlight, and we're going to talk about Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. Now, you know, when the Hawks traded for DeWante Murray, we, we were all excited. We all thought that this was, at least everybody here on this podcast thought that, okay, this is going to be a solid move. You have a playmaker who can score, but also defend to relieve pressure off of Trey Young. However, 
it's recently come out, and again, this what's up with these anonymous executive rivals speaking out on other teams? Like at this point, just attach your name to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a lot of people do a little sneak dissing and 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 draw snitching out here. You feel me? But an executive rival said that Trey Young is rumored to be displeasured with the Hawks, and that if the Hawks don't make a significant move to prepare for a postseason run. He's going to request a trade. Now, keep in mind, Trey Young is in his first year of his contract extension, which was a five-year, $207 million rookie max that he signed in uh, August of last year. So he just, so he finished his first year. So he's entering, yeah, this is his first year of that extension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 24. He's under contract until 2026, 2027, but he does have a player option that he can exercise in 2025. We are currently in 2022, 2023 season. Well, first, what moves would the Hawks have to do in order to please Trey Young? But also, keep in mind that last week or a week or a week or two ago, Trey Young actually missed the game for undisclosed reasons. It wasn't because he was sick. It wasn't because, you know, he had a baby on the way or anything. What do you think, Sean, needs to be done to remedy a situation if it can be remedied? There's a disconnection when it comes to to Trey Young and Nate McMillan. And it sounds like, honestly, in today's era, right, like, let's be honest, a lot of these players are spoiled, right? They're catered to. Um, You can't hurt their feelings. You got to speak to him a certain way. It's politics. And Nate McMillan is old school. He's going to get on you. He's going to hold you accountable. And some of these players can't handle that. And you could tell with uh, Trey Young and Murray, since he's got there, at least to me, they seem very immature at times. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even you did this in the group chat. Yep. Yeah. Even with, uh, you know, this all season, Murray was just chirping, right? Chirping, chirping, chirping. Um, and again, when he was with the Spurs and maybe because he respected Popovich, maybe because of whatever the situation is, he didn't act like this at all. Um, and I don't know if it's rubbed off on Trey. I don't know what it is, but all of a sudden there's been that disconnect in the locker room. It feels like, and when you have that with your star, there's going to be problems no matter what. And so, uh, what's his name? Chris Haynes, um, reporting this about the trade. That's not surprising because Trey Young's with Clutch Sports. <laughs> and for those that don't know, I always say, I don't want none of my players with Clutch Sports because there's always going to be issues. I know this because I had Montrez. Montrez all of a sudden starts switching up when he was with Clutch Sports. Now, Clutch Sports will get you paid, of course, all the time. But if certain things or one thing is not the way you want to, they will start talking. They will start barking. That's just what it is. Um. So I'm not necessarily surprised by this because I think I actually joked with the homie Keith a while back. Like when I found out he signed with Clutch Sports, I was like, oh, Trey Young's going to ask for a trade. Like just joking. I didn't know that that would really be a thing. Um, But I think they need to, like, which is crazy to me too, real quick, is he's asking for a trade, like basically if they don't advance in the playoffs. But I think it was what, like two years ago, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Right? So. It's like, okay, so if we don't make to the Easter Conference Finals again, 
And on top of that, you was excited and, and happy when they traded for Murray. They gave up assets for him. So it's not like Atlanta's not trying. Now it's up to you as the leader to buy in. Also, yes, you're not the best defensive player, but put more effort in defensively and be one of the leaders and, and lead your team. You and Murray, lead your team to be able to um, advance and maybe get to the Eastern Conference Finals again. I picked y'all to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now that's making me look terrible. <laughs> Right, like my only hope now is that the Cavs can, the Cavs. Can, <laughs> not you holding out for the Cavs to make it look. Good. I, hey, hey, I had them seed, so I gotta like. They, they are holding out. They are. They are showing. I, up. I have to hold up. You know, I gotta hold hold on because of the fact that um, Atlanta is just looking really, really bad. Um, because of and, and it's not bad as far like I think if they could turn around, but I'm, when I say bad, I'm talking about. Uh, being immature, I'm talking mm-hmm. about really not buying defensively, which I already knew like that was that could happen, but it's a lot of disconnect, and so I feel like there's too many egos being, um, being in the way, right? And yeah. it's one of those things as well, like I mentioned, even with Luca, right, where the accolades and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, is that what him and well, I'm sure Murray's on that actually, because Murray can finally kind of flourish a little bit more, um, mm-hmm. but. Is that what Trey Young's on as well? Is he more so focused on the accolades and the dancing and and the memes and and you know all that stuff like going viral, or are you more focused on winning? And so Nate McMillan, I know he's focused on winning and he's going to hold them accountable to hey, let's get to these W's. I can care less about everything else. Who cares about showboating, trying to show up? Remember, they little what a few weeks ago or a week ago they were showing up the Rockets just to lose to them. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, like, they do. Like that's embarrassing. Like that's that's that, and I know knowing how naming Millen coaches, how we've seen his teams. That's not how he likes his team to be. They you lost to the Bulls uh, just recently too. Yeah, right. Like there's there's no excuse for that. So um, overall, man, like if, I mean, if Trey Young, obviously, if he wants to be traded, they will. They, I don't know if they'll trade him, but they will get a lot back for him, obviously. Um, but that doesn't change the things he needs to do, right, and, and be accountable in certain things, too. Because that's the thing, too. A lot of times these players don't want to hold themselves accountable. So that doesn't change none of that for me. Facts. Because, and I do have to make a correction, though. I earlier said that, you know, there was an undisclosed reason why um, I I did I had done some more research and I found out why that was. So Trey Young was dealing with a sho- a shoulder injury. And he wanted to receive more treatment on it. Nate McMillan was like, you know, I want you to shoot around. You could get treatment before the game and and then play. Trey Young didn't agree. So apparently Nate McMillan gave him an ultimatum. You either come off the bench or you don't play. You don't show up at all. And, you know, Trey chose not to show up. So... Again, it, it doesn't really detract from what you said about Trey because then it's like, all right, it's not like coach said, I'm going to force you to play. He said, you know, you can come off the bench if that's the case. Or don't show up at all. But I would like you to shoot around. You can still get treatment. And he decided, no, I, I just want treatment, which was never approved by Nate McMillan in the first place. But given the history of players and load management and how they maintain the injury, I mean, especially you as a Clippers fan with Kawhi, and anybody who's been a Spurs fan or a Kawhi fan has followed that journey. 
Does that change maybe your opinion on Trey Young? Are you you asking me if how I feel about him personally? Yeah, in in regards to this situation, because you know, like you said, he's been acting immature and whatnot. Yeah. But given that that disagreement was based off of uh, off a of the shoulder and, yeah, um, do you think that it's valid that Trey Young was like, nah, I you know, I think I should get more treatment. I shouldn't even be at shoot around. I should just be focused on treatment. But well, then he I, did elect to just not show up at all. You know, even though he had the option to at least come off the bench if necessary. I, I understand both sides. Now, if that's true what you're saying, right? Um, If that is true what you're saying, to me, now again, maybe Trey didn't want to like start more, put more fuel on the fire, but I know he when they were pressing him on the media, he mm-hmm. just said, hey, you know what? Because I think they asked him like, oh, it wasn't health related, you know. Um, that is true. Uh, you wasn't there, this and this and this, and Trey Young didn't want to answer. So if that's true, I look at it like, well, no, actually, no, my shoulder has been bothering me, and I was just getting treatment. Boom, the end. Oh, is that why you didn't play? Yeah, like you don't have to go into to. Oh, is that why you and and, and your coach was arguing? You know, I don't want to get into it right now, but I'm just answering your question about the injury. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, my shoulder. You know, I was getting treatment. The end. Like that's just pretty much it. You know what I mean? So, um. If that's true, though, I definitely understand you got to make sure your body's right. But at the same time, it still comes at maturity level because there's a way that you can handle it there, right? Mm-hmm. Even if, if that is true, too, where you and the coach is really getting in a heated argument, then that's when you be like, coach, what are you talking about? I'm injured right now. Now, if they, But we don't know everything. We don't know behind the scenes because if it's one of those things, let's say Trey Young is doing, you know, uh, half-court shots, right, spinning around, doing all this extra stuff in practice, but then when it's time for the game, he's like, oh, hey, I need treatment. Then the coach could be like, hey, well, what do you mean you need treatment? I just saw you playing one-on-one joking around. <laughs> right? True. So, so it's one of those things, man. So, again, as far as that incident, that, that incident, I'm not going to necessarily, like, I guess, get on Trey Young one way or the other. But mm. what I will say is just overall what we've seen them do like I said, like the showboating, the extra stuff that comes with it, that doesn't look good. You know what I mean? That doesn't look good. And him and Nate McMillan have constantly have been bumping heads. Yeah. And, you know, even on, on the on the audio where uh, Nate McMillan is talking about there's that disconnection and it's different with, with the players now. Like to me, that tells me where, okay, a lot of these players now are catered to. A lot of these players now are spoiled. A lot of these players now can't handle criticism, right? Mm, because, mm. again, especially especially in today's age, which is AAU ball, everyone is loved. Everyone is the best. Oh, you're the greatest. Oh, I, I need you to do this. Can you please do that? Please don't leave. So, Nate McMillan doesn't come from that area. So, I can see yeah. where, how that disconnect happens. Absolutely. So, well, you know, like you said, these are all developing stories. We'll see what happens as we get closer, especially to the trade deadline, um, which is I believe February 9th, if I if I remember correctly. So we'll we'll see. We'll get to see what shakes and moves there. So everybody who's been listening, thank you for rocking with us so far. We're going to close out on one last topic, which is Sean's spotlight. Sean, you are the college hoop expert. You are you you put us onto the games to watch players to pay attention for this holiday season as we mark you know, we're about the halfway part of the college season. March Madness is, is quickly approaching. Yeah. Who's a team or player 
or you know, if you have more than one that you wanna you wanna highlight, you wanna speak about. Who I, I wanna focus on is actually it's from a small school, but I definitely encourage you guys to to check this team out. Not necessarily because of the team, but more so the players. So it's actually Pepperdine. They're six and they're currently six and five. Um, they well during this recording we recorded a little bit earlier. They play Hawaii. So we'll see. But the, they play actually on the 31st. So I encourage you. I encourage you to please watch it because they actually play Gonzaga. And that's going to be a huge, huge game um, for this young man named Maxwell Lewis. Maxwell Lewis is a wing. So I'll give you, you know, for those that don't know who he is, I'll give you a little bit about him. So he's a 6'7 wing. He's averaging 18 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, and 1 block. Right, which is ridiculous. Um, and he's shooting. He's shooting sixty percent from the three. I mean, I'm sorry, sixty percent from the field goal, and fifty percent from three. Right. So, I like to break these players down. So I always like to start off with the negative. I'm not gonna lie. I am very high on him. Um, as Abe knows and those that know me, I was super high on John Morant too before. You know who John Morant is now. Um, now absolutely, I, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I have been wrong before. I'm not saying, you know, I've, I have had some misses as well. But John Morant, that's why I'm a little biased. Shay too. Shay's another one that, that is my guy. But mm-hmm. um, so what he needs to work on, honestly, is, and, and I feel like I'm nitpicking because I, I really love his game. But um, he needs to work on, at times, he just makes passes he shouldn't. Um, and there's times where I feel like, He's a little too aggressive, so he gets in foul trouble. And then the other thing I would say that he needs to work on is making sure that he gets to align more. Now, again, I'm nitpicking, but these are things that I, if for him to really get to that next level that I feel like he can, those are things he needs to work work on. Um, His upside, though, to me, especially as a scorer, is absolutely ridiculous. Um, now again, he's at, he's at Pepperdine, so it is a mid-major school. He's not one of the big schools, Duke and all that. So I am hoping that he can get to, they can turn around and maybe squeeze into the March Madness. Cause I know a lot of these scouts at times, they don't pay attention to these players until March Madness comes. So I mm, do hope that's that he's able to show what he could do on the big stage. Um, but his upside is absolutely ridiculous. He has a quick first step. Um, he's very, very shifty. Um, in the, in the, in that regard, like Shea, Shea Gilgers, um, mm-hmm. and I, I'll I'll talk about well, it's funny I talked about his passing being one of the negatives, but the positive part about it as well though is he's gotten a lot better with his reads, right? Like again, he's not no super flashy passer, but he's gotten better with his reads. Um, but he can he can continue to improve on it, so that's why it was his negative. As far as defensively, defensively, man, like. His lateral movement, especially on the ball, is absolutely ridiculous. Like, and obviously he's six seven, so he can guard multiple positions, which I love about his game, and the fact that he's not thirsty when it comes to defense. And what I mean by that is like, you see those players at times that's constantly trying to, um, what's called trying to get the steals, right? So they'll they'll overplay it, and then all of a sudden they'll they'll let the the player they're guarding get open for a wide open layup or a jumper. Because it gets getting so thirsty, so then all of a sudden the defense has to scramble because of that, right? So he's very good at that, but at the same time he knows 
when to um, be aggressive defensively, and that's why he's very good at as far as tipping the ball and, and getting deflections. That's why he averages one steal um, because of that. So that's one thing I definitely love about his game. And then athletically, honestly, he's not the most athletic player. He's he, I would say he's like a sneaky athletic. He's a sneaky athletic player. And and Pepperdine is they are a very fast paced team. They're actually one of the most like as far as college hoops go, they're one of the most um what's it called fast pacing teams in, in, in college basketball. So he he there is times where he is, you know, he does certain things. I'm like, oh shoot, okay. I didn't think he could get up there like that. So he does have that in his bag. And then obviously the thing that I love, like I said, offensively is he is a three-level scorer, which I love, right? So if you, if you try to close out too hard, he's taking you in, right? He has a, he actually um, will eat on the mid-range, which most players now don't want. They all either want to shoot a three or they want to go to the bucket. But he will get you in the mid-range. He will even also post you up, which I love. Now, again, he's not the biggest dude in the world, but he's crafty. So I love that aspect of his game because that's something that, that a lot of players don't utilize anymore. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact, too, that his usage rate is very low, which I mean by that is his offense comes in the flow of Pepperdine, right? Like, it's not something where he forces. He's not a type of player that's going to dribble a lot, try to take the air out of the ball, and then, okay, now I'm about to make my move. No, he can score off, literally off the catch and shoot. He can score off the dribble. It doesn't really matter, like, at all. Like, I couldn't pick on his release. His release could be a little bit higher at times, but earning that, honestly, I, I love I love the balance that he has, the base that he has when he shoots his jumpers, and the fact that his footwork, his footwork, man, I, I like I said again, maybe I'm just being biased on it, but I I love it, and the fact that I I said he shoots fifty percent from three, and this is from mm. and shoot and off the dribble, right? So I was looking recently just to see where he was at, like on mock drafts, because I was curious. At least the last one that I saw, um, I was looking last night, they had him at like 40th or something like that, which is crazy to me. Uh, okay, so early second round. Yes, yes. Um, in my opinion, in my opinion, he is a late lottery, and whoever gets him will be very, very happy. Mm, okay. And if he, if he, if he taps into to his potential, um, I mean, because at worst he's a three and D guy, like at worst, but. If he taps in and, and he gets to be on a team where they really let him um, come into his own, because I know too, right? A lot of times, some team, some team, as we know, some teams are better at developing than others. But if he's able to come into his own, I think he can really, he can really flourish. And he's a sophomore, so you know how, you know how, you know how the NBA is. They want everyone that's that's basically eighteen or, you know. So that might, I guess, maybe. Um, mm. Put a knock on him a little bit, but overall, man, I I love what I see from the kid. Um, special, special talent offensively, in my opinion. So yeah, he like I said, he's from a mid major. I know he's not gonna be no no flashy. Um, no, he's not in no flashy school. But if you think about it too, that's where a lot of these players are coming from, right? They come from. Yeah. The so that's yeah, true. So I just wanted to uh, share some light on him. He's only twenty years old, so he'll be what he'll be. 20, he'll be 21 in like, uh, let me look right now, July. He'll be 21 yeah, in July, so. so he's still a young player. And it's funny that you said that too, because then I was like, oh yeah, let me go look at the mock drafts because you say he's late lottery. So right now, as of a day ago, he is mocked to go 30th to the Rockets. 
and and so so he's moving up. He's okay. moving up. But of course, we also know once Smash March Madness comes around, if Pepperdine mm-hmm. is able to get in, that's when he can either uh, boost or lower his stock. Right. That's yeah. that's the whole beauty about March Madness. March Madness is really just the the time where everybody starts to pay attention to players and players can start separating themselves from the pack. Um, but you said late lottery. So as of right now, you know, late lottery is what top fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's someone I, I definitely just want to highlight. You know, and uh, so if you if you start hearing the name later on, just remember where you was hearing it at. <laughs> honestly, honestly. So Sean, thank you for the Sean spotlight. We're definitely going to make that more uh, frequent on our episodes, just because uh, don't want to all of a sudden just start talking college hoops in March. We want to yeah. get y'all ready prior to that. So you as fans know who to keep an eye on. Yeah. So again, you heard it. Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine out in the West Coast Conference with Zaga. By the time you listen to this episode, Pepperdine will be preparing for their first conference game against Zaga on the 31st New Year's Eve. So definitely tap in, like Sean said, check it out if you can. Pay attention to that name. You'll definitely have more names that uh, will be provided for you prior to the NBA draft that you can do all your research and, and study tape and whatnot. Yes, sir. On that note, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all those who are listening. We appreciate you, Sean. Thank you for taking this time. Happy Christmas Eve. Happy holidays. Bari, congratulations again. We're so excited for you. We wish you all the best. We enjoy the were, games, y'all, too. Yeah, enjoy the games. Enjoy the Christmas games. You know, the Christmas game. We didn't really talk too much about it, but the Christmas games are kind of meh this, this season. But, yeah, you know, we're we going to head on out. We actually were supposed to be like 45 minutes, but the conversation was so good. And we was having so much fun that you get a, a, a hour and a half podcast. So, it, look at that. Look look at God. Look at God. So, we're going to head on out here. Happy holidays again. Be safe, stay warm, enjoy some good basketball.